0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. Welcome to the Cardiff Central Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to Cardiff Central Podcast. Uh, joining me as ever is Carwin Harris. I am, of course, Harley. But first of all, how are you doing, Carwin? Yeah, not
0: too bad. Introducing you before yourself, Harley. What's what's that about? Am I am I now more more important than you?
1: Well, you know, you're the you're the one who does like actual sport journalism and stuff. It's a, a more respectable opinion than me who's just a bloke who get who get who drinks and uh, drinks and spokes opinions.
0: I don't. I don't think I've got any opinions worth talking about. To be honest, I I, I, I waffle on, and uh, I was literally criticised for waffling the other day. So that's that just it says a lot about me as a so-called sports journalist. But then, your opinion seems to be a lot more concise and to the point.
1: I don't know. Maybe that's just. Maybe that's just the scientific background of me. Uh, being being told, you know, to try and use less words.
0: Maybe we should start with that as a stick. That straight on socials, be like. Who's, who's, who's a, who gives better opinions? <laughs> Harley <laughs> or Garrett, just think of us about Just divide all our listeners. I say divide all our listeners. What happens if it's 100% towards you? And I'll just be sat there on my time, just be like, okay, this is great.
1: <laughs> then I'll tell my mum to uh, be nice on some of the burner accounts. <laughs> 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 all right, so just, just a quick, just the usual reminder and plug that we are available on all good podcasts and apps, but also on YouTube when you if you want to see our wonderful faces and the uh, decor of my own spare room. So um, uh, yeah, we're almost, getting up to close to two hundred likes. Just just a forewarn that if we do if the YouTube channel gets up to two hundred likes, Lee has threatened to post a video of him dancing to Beyonce. So I don't know if that's going to cause people to unsubscribe or not. But if we get to two hundred and fifty, we'll take the video down. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I I want to ask about the artwork in the background that you've got there, because it does, it looks like an upside down, two people kissing, one of them's upside down.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's the sort of wire mesh thing, yeah, it's, it's again, it, as in, it, and, uh, because of the work situation I'm in at the moment, I'm, I'm currently crashing at my mum's during the week then, yeah. So this is yeah, sort of thing, clear. it's part of a B room, so actually over here you've got like all B themed stuff which you can't see. It's like a homage to um, Spider-Man in a sort of
0: in a more artistic way.
1: I mean, yeah, because it's like a Spider-Man homage and then it almost looks like spider webs, which is uh, excellent. You can tell we really do want to talk about rugby tonight. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I've already said three times, haven't I? <laughs> so so before, we, before we go on to that, so how was your weekend? Did yeah, you get up well, to anything interesting?
0: Um, last weekend, no, I was quite quiet, to be honest, um, not working on the games as it was in. In Ireland Um, so it was nice to just chill watch the games at home Um, yeah not not as uh, lazy as it was two weeks ago but they it was sitting watching the games and uh, enjoying pretty decent well two decent games and then a bit of a, <laughs> a shambolic game between Italy and France like it still got work out what all, all that was about but then uh, a nice games night in the evening which I was uh positively grumpy about from the night before, I
1: think. So, yeah, yeah, not a bad weekend. What about you? So, yeah, I managed to watch the first half of the Wales-Island Wales, uh, Wales Island game live, then uh drove, drove up to Bath, so missed the second half and then promote pretty much all of the England-Scotland game. Caught the last, like, 10, 15 minutes in a uh, spoons in Bath. Because uh, I went to go see Al Murray, and that was brilliant. Class. So, yeah, Anna... Uh, I won't. I won't uh, broadcast most of his routines for the listeners. If you if you are interested, go. I thoroughly recommend going watch it, watch it for yourselves. Um, yeah. So we, out we,
0: of what, interest, sorry, this is and I, I, we're not advertising our Murray, but I'm purely interested now that we got on the subject. Is he still doing the pub landlord routine, or is it now a bit more, more a bit different?
1: He's he's still the the pub landlord character, but I mean it's you know because that's what people want. You know, and just spend. Eighty percent, eighty-nine percent of the time berating the people in the front row, or if you have the temerity <laughs> to come in late. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then you know, some, of the, you know, few, few, few very well placed comments about uh, the the past few leaders of the Tory Party and uh, stopping small boats, to which he argued, if you're that worried about all the people coming in on small boats, why didn't you stop the big ones first?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yeah.
1: Many moving, swiftly, move, <laughs> moving swiftly on, so we do we we don't have much, but we do have a little bit of a Cardiff news. So obviously, we last week we um we signed uh Stefan Emmanuel from from Bath when he finishes this thing in Millfield In a similar vein, we've now signed the very um highly rated Tom Bowen, who's uh this is a back three player. Apparently, he's played a fair bit of centre as well, which again is where we're quite light at the moment and in typical in typical welsh rugby fashion we sign these two players and they're immediately called up for wales duty <laughs> <laughs> of course in the, in this instance it's uh the under the under 18s for so the um six nations challenge or under 18s challenge or whatever crap they're saying so um so let's join him and i believe Stefan emmanuel has been named captain as well so uh good for him but so they join sean davis joseph jones Somehow for the main Wales Under-18s, and then you've also got Dylan Barrett, Lloyd Lucas, Oshin Darwin Lewis, double Baron naming. That's he's not going to do very well. Ollie Das, Ben Roberts, and Joanne Perry for the Under-18s development, which is going to be a which I didn't realise we had an, a a separate Under-18s team. Alright, yeah. So first of all, good signing. I'm yeah, I'm whole no, no. list, and congratulations yeah. to the boys. Yeah, it was, it's that clip that's uh, gone
0: gone gone around the houses a bit again of Tom Bowen that, you know, step that he puts on uh, put, playing for one of the Cardiff age grade teams and he you know skins one player skins another and then a bit of a goosey in there so you know that sort of footwork reminds me a bit of Matthew Morgan to be honest um so I was excited to see excited to see him come come back and it was, it's good news obviously he's had had a bit of time at Clifton isn't it Clifton College and Bristol involved in that setup so. Um, nice to get the players coming back, and you know, there's all this talk of players going outside of Wales to to earn their in their corn, but also to 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 finish the development in these colleges. So it's nice to see them coming back to Wales, and, uh, and 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 well, let's be honest about it. For them now, it's a really good opportunity. As before, you know, they were probably thinking, oh, "Okay, there's more opportunities in England, perhaps because there's more teams." Now it's if you're in Wales, you're likely to be part of a fifteen by the time you're twenty. You know, you're likely to be capped by a region by the time you're twenty by now. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's good news for 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 Cardiff and good news for Wales in the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think as well because people forget. Like leaned up to um to COVID and everything, they were the Cardiff were actively looking to do deals with the likes of um Hartbury and Clifton and uh, Millfield and same. Well, we'll support you. And if you sort of, you know, and you can go play for them, you can go do those things. But if you sign, if you keep signing with us in the academy and then you, you go away and then you come back and we'll keep, we'll have a place for you. So it does feel like that's starting to work because obviously they might, they probably, the trends are these two, if this, you know, they're still in the 18s, they're probably not going to be quite ready for pro rugby just yet. So they're mm-hmm. both, you know, still very young lads. Oh, yeah. But the fact that, you know, they've gone, they've experienced this wonderful rugby. You know, rugby environment had their um, you know, had that education, and now they're coming back and they're bringing that back to Wales. So I think that's you know, probably a bit better than maybe say letting them go to Jersey and coming back. Um, much more than you know, you could have just signed them on as a academy lad themselves straight away. Yeah, no, di- you know, no digs at any of the uh, our fellow uh, Welsh regional teams. Yeah, um, I, you
0: know, I, I simplified it a bit by saying, you know, you, you're gonna get. Appearances by twenty, but you are more likely. And you know, you look at you look at the likes of Delarue, Mackenzie Martin, Morgan Morse at the Ospreys. Obviously, these are still these are young lads coming through and making a huge impression. So you know, if the if the track records there, they're going to take it and and I mean and go for it. And if they're good enough, they're old enough, and all that, those sort of adages as well. Yep, Abs-
1: absolutely absolutely. Um, yeah. So just so you know, so the Wales under eighteen. 18- Games as part of this Six Nations Challenge thing, um, they're going to be taking place at Strugmanoch, with the development side play kicking off at half twelve, followed by the main under, which seems a bit mean to call it the uh, the main under 18s Wales under eighteen anyway, lifting it at two thirty. Um, I don't know about ticket prices or anything like. that. I imagine if yeah, it might be you know a couple of quid in a bucket on the door, but so the next next bit of news is another coach signing. Or you know, at least someone moving from part time to full time. Do you want to take us through that, Cowan?
0: Yes, the announcement that I think we all knew was coming, and we're excited to hear that it was coming, which is that Mellon, Gethin Jenkins has signed a permanent contract. He's gone from being part time, which you know, by various reports, was at one stage two or three times a week, and then became uh, being paid two or three for two or three days a week, but actually working more than that apparently as well. Fair play to him, but. Um, also meant that sometimes he messed away games. So to to have him on a permanent deal is great for Cardiff. Obviously, it offers continuity. You know, we spoke a couple of weeks about um, the situation at the Dragons and, uh, and, and um, Andrew Coombs spoke about it on Club Rugby, that they didn't have a defence coach. I think it's crucial to have a defence coach no matter where you are. And for Cardiff, to to seal a guy in, in Getham Jenkins who's, you know, really is still learning his craft to be fair I know he had his stint in Wales coaching but I maybe that came a bit soon for him and I think he's admitted such himself so now he's got his chance to really earn his craft and prove a point with Cardiff and I think he has this season I think the defence has been much better than it has been in previous seasons and I think it has been um a strong point of why Cardiff are Generally in games, um, and and I don't think it can be faulted that much. So it's a good signing, and obviously as well, you know you have got that element of a, a player who's come through the ranks, who's played played for Ponty, obviously played for Cardiff, then and um, then then has gone on to coach the the regional side as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he also had a shorter season with uh, with uh, Wales, but we won't talk about that. Although actually, yeah, I'd no, argue no. he did make Wales's defence quite good in that period. Yeah, it was an improvement on the previous one. Yes, is is what I'll say without trying to pick on anyone.
0: Yeah, I, 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 it was a difficult time to be a coach. I think in Wales at that in in a Wales setup at that time is what I will say. Um, and I think, um, yeah, like you say, like you say, is is it, you don't want to dig anyone out particularly, but I think following on from the successes of Gatland and Sean Edwards, it was going to be difficult for whoever came in afterwards, especially as the defence coach. Um, because of the situation with how Sean Edwards wasn't continued, so yeah, you've got what happened with Al ed Williams, obviously, and then you've got uh, Gethin following on from that. And um, yeah, look, it's 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 good to see him still in in the game in Wales. is is one of the major things I will say, and and continuing to, to to hone his craft.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and um, yeah, you know, maybe uh, Gatlin does stop moaning about uh, regions only spending money on players and not the coaching staff. Yes, which will bring me on to just as I said that, that, I don't want to go too much on it, but obviously sherat had a response to say about yeah uh, uh, about about Gatlin's comments last week about the region's not being professional enough and spending money in the wrong places. To which he said, "Well, we're already basically doing that anyway, and you know that's what we've both highlighted on the pod before, and various other pod said, you know we know we haven't got any money, but if we want to get the top S coaches in and the top defensive coaches in." You still need some money to pay them. You know, and yeah. on the on the wrap this week I said, well, you know, Gatland and his team could always help. Like, you know, imagine if Mike Forshaw went and helped the dragons out for a day or so a week. Then all of a sudden you've got a you've got a team now that's playing you know, getting used to a defensive system ready for the national side and they help set up. I mean that's why were, the Lens Leinster makes up the core of the Ireland team is because they can basically take these systems and they tweak them for an international game, but then they're there, you know, and they're doing it week in, week out, not just for like eight, you know, an eight week block, and then nothing for two months, and then a four week block, and then, you know. it's, you know, like uh, I said because I don't know if you remember the time when um Sean Edwards came and helped out at Cardiff, yeah, defense, yeah. and I think that was the year we ended up winning the Challenge Cup, and a lot of it was down to our defense.
0: Yeah, I look. I, I the back and forth to me, you know. Booths had to say as well. To Booths happened to say from the Ospreys' perspective this week as well. I, I just, it just it's frustrating, isn't it? That this I thought infighting between the regions and the U and the wiu was twenty twenty three, and we we we'd left that in the past. And twenty twenty four was meant to be the new year, the new reset, and less of that. I, I, you know, I think the majority of people, including Booth and Sherratt are of the opinion that maybe those comments were, um, at best misguided and at worst, um, an a necessary target at the regions. Um, I think Booth said that it wasn't necessarily targeted in the regions, but it didn't come across. Well, it was basically his summation. I think that's, that's a fair, fair thing to say. I just, I I yeah, I to me, to me, there's no need for those comments really. Um I think Cardiff Rugby Life have made a really good piece on it, wasn't there? Talking about um talking about Gatlin's comments, that's really worth a read, um and, and understanding or trying to understand what's what what the reasoning's behind it from a Gatlin's perspective. And you know, um it's it's a coach that's you know, Gatton's under pressure now. Maybe, maybe he's starting to throw a few spikes in the fire. Um, but I don't think he needs to. I think he just needs to keep everyone sweet for the time being. Because let's be honest, though, Cardiff have done a brilliant job bringing so many of these youngsters through that have shone so brilliantly over the last few weekends, especially um, Camwinnet on Saturday.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I did comment on is that both both Sharon and Booth, to a certain extent, sort of said this is how you deal with media, and you know. You know, actually, you know, if if we want to try and have a united uh you know, what Wales, then you know, you're gonna get you're gonna get it a, a lot better with the diplomacy than blaming one of the other parts of the parts of the uh, machine. So
0: hundred percent.
1: Anyway, so the so your your choice, we can either talk about the premiership game coming up, or we can review Wales. What would you rather do right now? So Ponte are playing
0: tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah, Ponte hosts host uh, Newport tomorrow. I'll start, we'll start with that because that's that's more exciting news to talk about, really, I think. Um, and it's a big game for Ponte uh, They are seventh in the table currently. They're 11 points off Cardiff, who are in fourth. Um, and we saw with Murth a couple of weeks back against, um, against Newport that Newport ground out that win and Performed really well, especially in the second half uh, against Mirtha. And It's going to be a tough task for Ponty. Um, Newport are on a massive roll now. They're second in the table. They're rising continuously. Two games in hand on Slendevry and 15 points behind. So, um, look, Newport are pretty much guaranteed the top four space. But if Ponty want to get there, it's not a must-win game uh, mathematically. Um, like I say, some six games left in the season, but. I think, realistically, they need a win. Um, and, yeah, hopefully there can be a big crowd up there for, at Southest Road uh, tomorrow night. Um, It'll be on S4C as well and on the social media channels. So if you want to watch it there, feel free because it's, it's going to be one hell of a game and uh, hopefully it goes well.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yes, yeah, everyone. Yeah. Good luck to, to Ponty, Not too much luck because I don't want them to knock the rags out of the top four. I've
0: so just realised I may have overpromised. I'm not 100% sure it is on s i have said it's on s and now I'm starting well, to... Well, it might things. be
1: on the... S. If, if it's not on s directly, it's, they usually host it on their YouTube channel.
0: Yes, hopefully hopefully it's on the YouTube channel. Um, I will double-check that and I'll uh, post something, if it is or not, uh, tomorrow morning.
1: Right, and then, so, shall we just get, get it out of the way, because... We can just talk about it, breeze through the Cardiff plays, and then and then get on to the real, the real, the real people chat. So yeah. obviously, we lost on the weekend. We played Ireland, and our top try, and you know, and you know, it was a great try for try. Um, so thirty thirty one seven down. I mean, twenty four point loss. Yeah, that was basically what we were saying was going to happen. But do you think you know, it, both coaches saying that it didn't reflect the game properly. One thing it should be much closer, the other one thought it should be much more of a a blowout. Which do you think either of them are right? Or, uh, I I got both points. I thought Farrell's
0: comments maybe, um, I personally found them a little bit unnecessary. They sort of were a cocky, arrogant, slightly unnecessarily pointed response of sort of, oh no, we should have beaten them by more, you know, we could have won by more. And it sounded a bit. I've got to be honest, it didn't come across well to me, but um, maybe that was in the clouds of frustration rather than anything else. Um, look, first half, Wales were utterly dominated, let's be frank about it. I, Ireland, Ireland had you know so much territory, so much possession. The only surprise was that Wales were only, what was it, 20 points down at half-time, and, or 17, 17, 20 points down at half-time, but it wasn't more. Um there were some brilliant bits of play in that. You know, you talk about your Tommy Raphael's getting brilliant turnovers. You've got um, moments of brilliant defence as well, I thought. Defensively, some players really did step up. I thought George North was superb in defence. I thought um, Alex Mann, particularly in his first, first half, was brilliant defensively, making a number of tackles. You've also got your likes of Gareth Thomas doing his normal shift of just tackle after tackle. Fair play to the guys. For a prop, he does tackle a hell of a... Hell of a lot um, defensively. Um, But then, second half, I thought that there were a lot more positives, to be honest. Um, You know, the the attacking play, thanks to um, Carl Dixon for spotting something as a referee as opposed to the other two, so that they saw the uh, um, uh, offside from Tigburn or or coming around the side, swimming up the side in the mall, and called that as a penalty try, which it was. Um, You've then Then also got a few more frustrations in the second half, which are not clinical enough and not taking opportunities because there should have been two more tries, I thought, at least from Wales in that um, second half. Um, But it's a tough one, really, because the the prediction matches up with the results, but the performance was slightly better than I predicted. Um, And I think it was just the side that was beaten because... Islander a better side, rather than it wasn't a blowout, but it was just Islander a better side right now, and that's that. Yeah, uh, you know, that's that's to be honest how I took it, along with a couple of things in the first half where I thought um, there was a bit of uh, I don't want to s- smash referees, but I thought it was a very typical URC refereeing performance, if that makes any sense, where it was very pro one side for one half and then sort of tried to even it out in the second half. And, yeah, scrummaging-wise, yeah, well, Port again away with his 45-degree angles as per, you know. But, um, yeah, yeah, Ireland are a better sider right now. That's that's just that. And and I was always prepared to say that and, and just pump it down as, there we go, that was that game. But I thought the performance-wise and the heart of the players, you cannot fault that at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, I do think there are a couple of issues, and it's going to sound familiar to regular listeners of the podcast. But there some there was some key moment decisions that I think we should have really, you know, I think a more experienced side would have gone. So, like when we were seven nil down, penalty run from the coast, we go we go for the we go for the corner, lose the line out because Tommy Riffle goes in, and actually at seven nil down, I'd have taken the three mm-hmm. again. And then there was another one when we we're seventeen seven. You know, Tyburn, you know, Tyburn's about to come back on. We've just had a massively long bit of ball in play. Everyone's a bit knackered. And, you know, they turn them all. You know, I, I get it because, you know, we just scored, we haven't long scored a penalty try from the ball. But, like, Tyburn's about to come back on, who's one of the best defensive line out jumpers there are. Why not just, again, just take pick? Because 17 10 is, you know, that puts you within a score and that's the you can go. I get that you know, and I do get it's a trend in rugby now to to ignore the points and try and go for tries, tries, tries. But when you know we've had three halves, you know we've now had three halves of rugby where we've not scored a point. Maybe it's time to accept our tack isn't anywhere near where we want it to be. So let's just take cheap points when they're on offer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and, you know, it's, it's you know it's a complaint I've had with Italy for ages as well. We need to. You know, except, you know, if you think back to the 2019 World Cup, we built a game plan around the fact that, you know, if we can't score off first or second phase, we're probably not going to score. So we started pinging drop goals left right, Pinging drop goals. You know, that's... I feel like we need to have that little bit of smots because the attack's going to come eventually. I mean, if you remember Ireland in 2020, their attack was woeful. It was shocking. But they stuck with it. But at the same time, they relied on the things they were good at. You know, they're just constant long phase of possession, good, brilliant kicking, you know, Sexton kicking everything. So, yeah, it was a bit naive. Um, yeah. Shout out, as always, for Cam at Aaron. So, some of his stats now made four passes, 13 runs for 106 meters. I know a lot of them are cheap for being a fullback, <clears throat> but he made Wales's only clean break, beat four, in the same time, beat four defenders and had an offload. You know, that four defenders beat him was basically the same as was almost as <laughs> many as George North, Wayne Wright and the rest of the pack combined, mainly because the pack most other than Wayne Knight pack didn't beat any defenders. Um Rio dies the only one who had more with six. It's you yeah, know I thought well, I thought Azerati will have learned a lot from having to deal with Porter. I do mm-hmm. think, you know, he's still quite young in propping terms, so he's you know a bit naive. I also think I also raise the point that I think it might have to do with the way Humphreys coaches the scrum, because if you listen to a lot of the messages he's had since he since he joined Team Wales, it's all about being I want it to be a pushing contest. I want it to be about everyone pushing straight, and it seems like he's telling the props not to try and get away with things. And I do think that's incredibly naive because same as a breakdown, if you can get away with it, you can get away with it. Like I think it was absolute like fantastic bit of captaincy for Peter Omani to just sort of be there physically holding up Andrew Porter's elbow in scum's because it's like well if he's not if Piatti's not looking at it he's not going to ping it and the textures zone will never coming for those sorts of things so wow. yeah you know yes that's and yes that's probably not you know I'm 100% sure that's not legal some of the stuff I didn't do with the breakdown was not legal I did find one thing I did find weird and I'm quite glad Dav Jenkins actually came out and it's probably the first time I've heard him over the ref, Mike. He was just like, "Can you ref both teams the same, please?" And you know that was just and that seemed to put thought in bed because we were getting pinged left, right, and centre for sealing off. Oh. And you'd see Irish play and Irish players do it all the time because they get away with it. I mean, squidge put a tweet out saying that like, every team does it because it's only penalised one in every ninety rucks. It's just that we seem to be five of the ninety, you know, for, for Wales. But um, and then this the, this crooked feed and the scrum. And then the next scrum is an even more egregious. It's one of those things, and it does make me feel for Osprey Sands because they have they seem to get always get Piardi and he always rests like that. I don't know what's what happened to him as a schoolboy on holiday in Wales one year. But it's clearly stuck with him. Same way as Car- Andrew Brace hates Cardiff despite because he lived there
0: i don't know if it's these are all of course,
1: course me taking the mic and, and yeah. just opinions i'm not saying these as facts before anyone comes to slam but i just
0: i, I thought um uh I, I didn't want to get into ref chats so i wanted to keep my words but i i'll say i'll say i didn't think it was the best refereeing performance i've ever seen in my life that's me being yeah. as mild as i possibly can about it um because i it, it was pinged to death and at some moments um yeah the ceiling off the ceiling off frustrated me because it seems like if it's a first phase attack off of and it's a ceiling off then it's it's pinned but if it's just around the corner carries it's fine and it's just like okay well which which is the consistency approach and um yeah there, there were a few things that that i was frustrated with that the scrum was one that the the other things, but from if we look at it, I'm, and I'm trying my best as a positive angle, um, I know I need to eat a bit of humble pie about the whole Cam Win it situation. So I think earlier this season I said, well, I think Ethan's more of a Gatlin 15, and Cam Win it's more of a creative 15 because Cam Win it can do it all. He's yeah. he's shown that he is as solid as they come defensively he'll tackle as well as the as as well as anyone he's good under the high ball coming better every game i see him he wants the counter attack at every opportunity and let's be honest is a threat in the counter attack and prepared to carry against big forwards even if he's not the biggest i thought he was brilliant on the weekend i thought to be honest i thought it was the um best fullback performance of of the round and Frawley wasn't bad at all froley was you know for a guy playing out of position he wasn't bad at all but um i thought uh, in, a, in, a, in a losing cause winner was brilliant and that's not just saying because he's Cardiff he was brilliant and as far as take, you know duck taking to walk to and Canal like if, if that's his what was it third cap where, where's he going to be when he gets to the 30 cap so so excited
1: what was it yeah it was his third cap and it's what I think he's only just about hit double digits of pro pro games in total mad mad um. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm, I, don't, I don't go onto these things, but I can't believe Hans Capuazzo was given, uh, you know, was put in so many people's team at fifteen for so many people's team. The week, it's like, do, do you watch? Do you? but cause yeah, I mean, actually, other than scoring that wonder try, that wonderful try, he did fuck off. Yeah, but Fenton, last he of it is, isn't it? made the job harder for Italy, and I know do, that's accurate because I love, I love, I love Capuazzo, but. Ken winner is a definitely a better fullback. I think I mean I think I don't know if you, you necessarily agree, but I'd say he's won the fullback battle all three games for me. I'd say overall he's played better. I know Freddie Stewart was great with the high ball and stuff, but did he really you know, did he really do much else other than that? I, I And I think he was better than Kyle Rowe in the Scotland game.
0: It's a better fullback than Karl Rowe, but he, he, I'd give it, I'd give it to Freddie because he just catches
1: every blinky thing, and I still don't know why. Yeah, he, but why then he well, no, he dropped one ball. Can win it, didn't?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, if that's symmetric
1: for a fullback,
0: but he did catch one over Cam, so there's, there's, there's that flip side of it, I suppose as well. Yeah, no,
1: but like he's like a million miles tall. <laughs> I mean, like that's going to happen, and he still, and can win it. You know, can win it doesn't look like he's running through treacle constantly. And they can get yeah. dropped for George Furbank. Oh, I didn't understand that, but anyway. Well, uh, seem to play all right, I guess what? Anyway, I think I think that's the game. Put the bed. Anything else you want to talk about from Six Nations, or we?
0: I can I just talk I, I could, because he mentioned Capasa. Can I just talk about Menencello's performance for two seconds? Because Blink yeah. Ellie was superb. Yeah. Sorry, absolutely. but what a performance!
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Probably the only, probably one of the few backs. In the Italy squad at the moment, I'm currently fearing when when we come to play him because I'm a player thinking, Well, whether oh. he comes up on the wing or at twelve, I'm not sure how we're gonna how we're gonna contain him.
0: He's quick, he carries like an absolute ox. Like he the, the carry he does where he disposes of two or three defenders and then gets eventually dragged down by Boudouin is brilliant. He's then smashing players. Ugh. Oh. What a performance. Sorry, I to be honest, I thought it was one of the performances of the weekend, if not the performance. I know there was a winger in a certain Scotland game that was pretty good, but I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Manichetta, uh, if you know, i okay, maybe I was about to say maybe I'd take that over a one to try any day of the week, but maybe I'm being a little bit t- using too much hyperbole hyper- there. But um, yeah, I thought he was absolutely superb. And, yeah, as you mentioned, when it comes to a couple of weeks' time, whether he's playing at 12 with Brax at 13 or whether he's on the wing with Cap- or as his 15, it's, it's going to be brilliant.
1: Yeah, Matt, yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I said, yeah, I and mean, then one thing I would say is the Italy game is, I'm, I'm not going to go into the penalty set, but I do think, again, Italy, we, Italy and France both show they are very much beatable for Wales. Oh, yeah. I I generally think, and especially with um, some of the players, France are going to be, you know, some even more players. France are going to be missing in two weeks time.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and and then you add into I don't know what Italy were doing in the first half, but not clearing your lines for forty minutes is 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 an odd tactic, and then even more odd is France not capitalising on it for forty minutes. So I don't know what was going on in that game. Absolutely bizarre. But anyway, well. I, I I, I could speak about that game for about two hours, so we're better head back to to the realms of Cardiff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, before we start thinking about uh, the likes of France and Italy, uh, we the blue and blacks are playing the the other capital blues in the, uh, in, the uh, in the in the in the competition. Well, I suppose the bull, blue balls also were. Uh,
0: the Bulls yeah. also
1: were. Uh, they all they also play in one of South Africa's capitals, but.
0: I was also going to ask you, what do you say about
1: Edinburgh? Is that a blue kit? Is that a navy blue kit? I suppose, yeah. Well, all the mm-hmm. capital teams are in some sort of blue. Thing is, for me, <laughs> Edinburgh stands out because it's the fluorescent orange. Yeah, because they, they 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 just went. Haha, let's lean into a stereotype. We're going to dress like Edinburgh, and fair folks, I think it's great. <laughs> I, I just hope uh, Craig isn't too offended by that one. <laughs> <laughs> Our friend in the pod. Um Anyway, yeah, so we're playing we're playing Leinster, so top of the table, as as per because you know it's it's not first place; it's Leinster place now. Um Obviously, they're going to be without most, but well, I can't imagine they'll get anyone back from the Ireland squad. But it's still a pretty devastating team because I don't th- I don't think Cardiff is uh, scheduled to get anyone. We'd have hoped, you know, mo- most people would have hoped for someone like Teddy Williams, who's not really played. But I imagine he's going to be in Dav Jenkins' spot during training this week. Um, you know Mackenzie Martin seems to be favoured there. Seb's got an injury, and um, it's no way we can lose any of the props. I said the only one possibly we could get back is Evan Lloyd, but then I imagine you know we've got Evan Daniel and Liam Belcher, so that's probably the one position we don't really need uh, any reinforcement for it, for this week. So what what are your immediate thoughts on it? Yeah,
0: I immediately thought not really changed from a couple of weeks ago where I said there aren't, you know, Barcel Africa, there aren't many worse sides to face in this window than Connacht and Leinster because Connacht obviously don't lose many players and Leinster is just so stacked that, you know, it doesn't matter who they turn out. You know, you, you lose Van der Vliet, you play Connors at seven, you lose uh, Gibson Park, you've got McGrath who's got all of his experience at nine, you've got one of the Burns or play ten, I'm sure. Um, even uh, I, or maybe even Prendergast, who I I genuinely think Prendergast is the next big thing. I, I he looks watching him for under twenties uh, last season or the year before. He was some special player. So um, yeah, I I uh, it's it's going to be a difficult task, regardless of of what side land to put up. But at the same time, it's a, it's a task that Cardiff have won won before and have well, very sweet memories from winning a couple of seasons ago. So why can't they win again? And, you know, the performance against Connacht, there were spells of that game where you saw a, a Cardiff side that are really dogged and clicking and working well in certain aspects, line out um, in the second half. And then Scrum was really strong towards the end of the game as well. So why, why can't it be a Cardiff side that knocks over Leinster and gets that win that, let's be honest about it, has been coming for a bit of time now. Um, I'm trying to think of the last time Cardiff won a game, which has been a bit of a... Has been a bit, hasn't uh, it?
1: Well, you haven't won this year, so the last win was Boxing Day against the Dragons, which, to be fair, you can just put... You can just basically take that as a given these days. <laughs> I'm sure that our colleagues on the Dragons layer would uh, would hate us, both hate us and laugh, because they because they, it's actually just getting too... be a bit of a joke now. Yeah, yeah I, I, absolutely. I think we and I think we've probably got. It on. Like, uh, hopefully, they'll learn. Hopefully, some of the issues we had in the Conic game was just the fact they haven't played. And a lot of those players haven't played. Some of yeah. them all seasons, others in four. You know, in like four or five weeks. You know, they've only been a two-week gap this week. They had a live training session against the Dragons because that's how few players we have. But you know, hopefully, if they've made it at least deep, close to game intensity, that should. That should have given them something. Do we want to talk roughly what we think the teams can be? Obviously, with a few injuries some big players out, I can't yeah. imagine there being too many changes. But
0: no, I so. I can't I can't imagine too many changes. Go, uh, uh, go for it. Um, do you want to, back three will probably be relatively the same. I'd expect, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So we're thinking, um, beat them and at would, fifteen, yeah, and Lane in somehow, yeah
0: um unless unless they go with lane at 13 um but i suspect the more obvious option there is to either move Hala Hollow across or bring millard into 13 um obviously you've spoken about your not issues issues is too strong a word but your feelings on perhaps Hala Hollow not being the best option at 13 what 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 would you what route would you go down there
1: the problem is, is i think he's not he clearly had not been fit last few games. I'm not saying he isn't fit now, but I do think he's a little bit. He was a little bit off the pace with the thirteen we mm. his put him in there in the past. The problem is, is you've got Lane, who I know sort of filled in quite amic am amicably. Um, uh, you know, during the Connacht game, it wasn't too bad. He still had a few slip ups, and then Millard hasn't played thirteen at all this season. You know, he's basically no. primarily a wing. I mean, for me, I'm probably looking at Thomas and Halaholo because it's a, it's at least a partnership we've used this season. And then you maybe you look at, and I'd keep Lane on the wing because it's more because I'm just not sure who would. You'd either be bringing Lane in thirteen, or Midland in thirteen, and the other one being on the wing. So I mean, for me, I'd probably go Thomas and Hallaholo. I I but can. part of I me was... also feels like we need to do we need to experiment with these things because we need a thirteen for next season. And I don't know if Lilo's going to stay in as well. I mean, he's thirty-eight. It's, I've already made my feelings clear that I'd quite like to see if the new owners would consider um giving him a contract, coaching in the academy. If that's the sort of thing he wants to do and he's able. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I. I.
0: Yeah. Hundred percent be on board with that. But uh, on on the other point, I think I, I'm I'm a big believer that. Generally, there aren't. I don't think there are that many centers that can play both. You've got your odd one, like you've got your Owen Watkin who can do a job at both quite successfully. Scott Williams has in the past to different levels of did success. It quite
1: well last season, and yeah, he's been forced in Gloucester in bit part role.
0: Yeah, uh, and but there aren't. I don't think there are that. Like, Robbie Henshaw is obviously the the exception to the rule. He's one who has made a Career I think both him, and
1: Bundy have de- both him and Bundy have been doing it for Ireland yeah but
0: Bundy I don't I I think Bundy's a 12 and when he plays 13 plays 13 as a almost
1: as a 12 and, and yeah is he does I mean I suppose it helps they've got some fantastic defensive players exactly so I, I but personally
0: I I just I generally think that are either a 12 or a 13 so I'd like I'd like to see one of the 13s give a shot and to be honest, I'd i rather see Lane there than Millard because of how Millard's played on the wing this season. So I think I'd go Lane at
1: 13. I know that's So who do you have who do you have up to would you put Millard in on the wing then?
0: Yeah, I'd put Millard on the wing with Summerhill and then Lane at 13. Um, which is odd for me to say because I I don't think I've ever suggested Lane at 13 before, but I I just I can see more of a future of him on at 13 than maybe Millard at the moment. Um then yeah, Ben Thomas at twelve because he's been brilliant to be at ten. I think that's if he's fit and, and everything's better than than that it seems to be the movements are that he is a lot better. Um and then nine, you keep as Bevan, don't you? Because I thought yeah, he played very I well. Said, so I was gonna say nine, ten, twelve
1: probably the easiest in this team to pick. Yeah. And well, maybe fifteen. So yeah. do you want to go one one to eight for the pack then? So I mean front row, carry Belcher. Will Davis King if Litterick's not fit? Yeah, nor would you move Kieran, or would you start Parker? Um and they I went that front row went quite well.
0: Yeah, I yeah. think I'd start Will Davis King, yeah. Um yeah. If, if if Literick's not fit, I'd start Will Davis King. If Literick's fit, I think he comes back in because he has been very good this season, been very impressed with Literick. Um consistently good. Um and that's the thing he is Kieran Parker, uh, but uh purely from um maybe a development point of view. I'd like to see more of Will Davis King because I think I've seen bits of him. Sometimes he hasn't performed as well as hoped and sometimes he has performed as well as hoped. So it, it's about getting that consistency with Will Davis King, I think, moving forward. Um, you know, He's very young for a tight end. That's the first point to make. So get, give him some game time, give him some runs out on his legs. Um, and then second rows, I expect, well, Turnbull's going to play, isn't he, on his 200th appearance?
1: Yeah. Is it going to be second row or is it going to be six? You know, they're going to carry on with Shane Lewis Hughes at second row. What are you
0: saying? Because I, I know I'd rather see Turnbull at second row, but.
1: I am, but I think Jockey's very keen to give Shane Lewis Hughes as much time at second row as he possibly can this season. Mm. You know, and he's made it, you know, quickly because when even when we were scrambling, you know, we were scrambling the second, scrambling for sixes. And when like the obvious choice would be to move Shane Lewis out to six, he'd put he brought Tamani in at eight instead of putting him into the second row and things like that. And you know, even said Davis at eight. You know, instead of maybe moving you know, someone know who could play six and eight to over. So that's that's more where I'm thinking, more because I think Sherat's thinking of the future because it's starting to feel like this might be Turnbull's last season. I'm hopeful I'm hopefully I'm I haven't just retired in early. <laughs> But it, 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 I don't know if you get what I mean. It's that sort of vibe of, you know, he seems, he seems to be doing an awful lot less. I know he has been injured the front end of the season, but, you know, I'm I'm just wondering if they're thinking of, again, maybe, you know, him spending a bit more time coaching Newcastle-Hemlin and, or, you know, maybe even, again, I get it, basically, just for anyone who's over about 33, just retire them and give them a, a coaching contract. And then they can always be dual registered then afterwards get.
0: Uh, well, uh, let's be honest with with the situation currently. That is that is what's going to happen, I think, because a lot of these players, maybe not so much Turnbull, but you look at the situation at the Scarlets, for instance. Some of those players that are on the older age age are on bigger contracts, and the young guns that are coming through, and perhaps one haven't got the haven't got the length of careers to give and when we're in budget requirements and budget constraints i think that is something that's going to happen that these players are going to be moved on i yeah i i personally i'd like to see turnbull play i don't know if he'll start or he'll be on the bench i hope for his 200th he starts but then again yeah i i'm not having you know looking back at a certain wales italy game from a few seasons ago I'm, i'm I'm less inclined to offer caps just for the sake of it because they deserve it, but um, on on historical performances. But yeah, you you deserve to play a part in the 23. Um, you may, I don't see him and Shane Lewis Hughes as a second row combination. That's probably one of the. No, I think one of I think Thornton's them, going to
1: be one of them.
0: Yeah, um, it, you you need a line out operator, and I, I I think we saw the limp. As as good as Shane Lewis Hughes is at getting quickly up off the floor, there are limitations to that, as we saw in the first half against Connacht. Um, in terms of his height, he's just not as tall as some others, so he gets caught out on that aspect. So, um, I think, yeah, I I'd, I'd like to see. Um, I, I I personally would would start Turnbull on his two hundredth. I think, but ugh, it's a bit harsh on Shane Lewis Hughes at the same time.
1: Yeah, so, I said for me, I think we're looking at. Um Shane Lewis Hughes at Lucead Lockham and Thornton at five and then my back there would be Turnbull, Young, and Tamani Yeah.
0: Um
1: if De La Rua was back, I'd pick De La Rua I think he's playing hot well. Wow. Bruce. I've 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 put him on the bench.
0: Yeah.
1: So I've got him and Ben Donald on my bench because Ben Donald supposedly can can cover the whole back five. But I don't know if he was hooked off because of an injury or if it was a, I think it was a HIA, wasn't it?
0: Yeah,
1: so I mean, hopefully he's recovered. If he's recovered, I'll have him back. I I I think I I might have to go four four or just stick another prop or something on there.
0: I I whatever Lloyd could obviously cover back row if he's if yeah it's true. I
1: mean he has a converted eight.
0: Yeah, um, I I said I'd, it's not the
1: back row I'm worried about cover for because we could always bring Ellis Jenkins in as well. I'd, well, I, said, I don't know how serious his knock is.
0: Yeah, I I'd start De La Rue though. I'm gonna say that. I'd start De La Rue. I think he's playing that well for under 20s. Um so that's if...
1: instead of Thomas Young. Or would you have No, that's six,
0: right? six. I'd pick him at six.
1: Okay. So I've
0: so I've got Shane Lewis who's on the bench.
1: Okay. So I said other other bench up. So I mean back again, front row, probably looking at Evan Daniel, Reese Barrett, and Kieran Parker. Again, this is assuming Luke. Um Littrick isn't fit because for me if Littrick's fit he starts and Will Davis King goes to the bench for me yeah I said I've got Ben Donald as my sort of second row-ish cover More having Turnbull moving in and then uh, Lucas Del is as my, my 20 jersey you're thinking Turnbull uh, so you're thinking Shane Lewis Hughes on there for your second row and then who do you have as your back row cover uh, 20 jersey? probably Ben Donald yeah yeah okay, So I think we've I think we've got a consensus on that one. Then back replacements for me, Jamie Hill, Robson, and then um, if we're going for Owen Lane at thirteen, then I guess Hallerolo in the twenty
0: three. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty simple. I think then um in that back backs division as yeah. well, like, yeah. they've got a horde of options. I think that's fair to say um to choose from. But yeah, those those are those are very solid options to pick
1: yeah I said and I said the problem is we've just run up. i would i know um Hugh Griffins uh, screaming at the thing saying' oh, why don't you go six Because he loves he's loving six two he also argues that Carter should be should be able to do seven one The problem is we've run out of forwards <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of like players in the senior side now i don't I can't actually think because 'cause they're all either all away from Wales or where the Wales were injured now
0: yeah i said without,
1: without putting i said without putting um Evan Lloyd on the bench.
0: Yeah, with the exception, obviously, Lilo, who's, uh, we're, uh, you know, for anyone who isn't aware, has a four-week yeah, that's ban what, yes, so so we
1: missed that news. Lilo's been banned for four matches, one of which includes the Rags game versus Newport. Yeah. Which I have to give shit for, because I gave so much shit for lazarna being picked for a Clanethly game, which is being played the same day as a Scarlet's game. So that's still worse. I... I... I Honestly, I, I I think he would have
0: played really well for that Rags game. Um, and uh, can you imagine? Sorry, it is such a stupid situation, though, isn't it? It is. How can you genuinely put that out and think that's fine? If you're, if you're, it should make some mockery at world rugby. I, I'm not having a go at Cardiff. Everyone does it. I'm just having a go at the system because it shouldn't be able to be in
1: place, should it? Oh, a- absolutely it's, it's, I, I just, it's a mockery of it I said I should say at least they're all separate weekends because the Lozano one was, I said it was either the same day or like one game was yeah. a Friday night and the other game so Saturday and I was like well hang on will rugby have a two day stand down for playing rugby I know it never happens at community level but you know pro level it's you know it should be fairly well enforced yeah it's baffling really Baffling, yeah, yeah athlete baffling. But can I just say, can you imagine Lilo playing for the Rags against Newport? That yeah. would be proper men against boy shit. A bit like videos of um Arjun uh playing in Japan Top One.
0: Yeah,
1: so that's I don't want to I don't want to denigrate on like the Rags or the um or Newport or Newport for that, but. Let's be fair. The man, the man's an in international who's gone to like two World Cups. It's it would be, it would look silly, mind
0: you. Um, speaking of international, Nico Matawali might be making his long awaited comeback to Ponte on the weekend. So, oh, on to tomorrow night. So, hey.
1: awesome. So, oh, I I'm I'm hoping that happens because I'm looking for some very serious rugby. Is he going to be on the wing or is he going to be at nine? Because him at nine is just hilarious.
0: Who cares? Who cares when he
1: come out to our place? Let's get him on the field.
0: I love the idea of him turning up for Pod. I just really love it that he's there. It's it's beautiful, honestly, absolutely beautiful.
1: Yeah. All right. So, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna press you now for a prediction. So, what was your you think? So, I I said on the wrap, Leinster by twelve. And I feel it, like and I'm, I'm, and then I thought. I don't want to go into ref track again, but I saw Mike Adamson's ref and then I was like, can I change my prediction, please? To no one should be able, no anyone who predicts this game should be burned as a witch because you never know how a game breath by Mike Adamson's going to go. So,
0: oh, I, I want to stand up for Mike Anderson, right? But I don't. So there's two elements. There's the Nick Tompkins scenario against Australia where I thought he made the right call. Okay, you know the knock on that went backwards and he called it and everyone ripped into him for that and I agreed that it went back I thought it went backwards I thought it was the right call on the pitch. and a couple of weeks later he just did something else and I was like oh Mike you don't help yourself because that wasn't a great call either and it's like but um, oh this game uh Leinster by five
1: Gonna be inside oh, yeah. seven, let's be I, honest you're, about you're, it. Let's be fair. I think most people predict a an by five is an incredibly positive result. So it's it's gonna
0: be within seven either way. So you um, know, you, you take don't. a pun. Just if you're putting a bet on, say put a 40 margin on it somewhere either way, and you sort it. It's it I just um I, I I don't say I'm not saying a fancy card, but I, I do I do see how they could make an upset. I do see there's a team there that despite not having so many internationals, despite having a few injuries on top of the lack of internationals and suspensions, it's it's a team that makes sense on paper and has 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 played together, has experience of being together. Um and Let's be honest about it. In a, a few of those positions, especially, our players are in form. Ben Thomas in form, Thomas Young,
1: in form, Belcher in form. So it's it's not, it's not players that are Harry in form. Uh, yeah, please carry in form. When everyone's okay. been bemoaning Wales about ball carriers and uh, and a and a twelve who can take who can truck it up, and you're just looking at carry and Ben Thomas. Are like yeah, alright.
0: yeah. It just what no, just... was
1: it? They said they wanted a twelve who can who can crash it up and also has a kicking game.
0: Yeah, Carrie can do that.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah, I love series Carrie at twelve. <laughs> I, was, I, mean, I was obviously referred to Ben Thomas for anyone who was didn't get an on humour there, but
0: yeah. No, well if you yeah, there was a there were a few um, interesting punditry decisions over the last few days, on there. Stuart Barnes yes, saying yes. Ben
1: Earl should be playing twelve as well for England. Um He's obsessed with that. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> listened to the Ruck podcast, but whenever he's on there, he's always like, Ben Hill should play 12. It's like, all right, granddad. Yes.
0: It's, it's that. It, I, it's, to be
1: honest, I'm not as against that as I was Chesham at six. I don't know why. <laughs> Chesham at six. The thing is, Chesham at no. six, I mean, makes more sense because they're trying to make hmm. a new Courtney Laws. I, I find Chesham at six f- makes far more sense than George Martin at six. For the same reason I think Teddy Williams isn't a very good six. They're not that actually all that mobile. They're very good tight headlocks. And you should just let them become the best tight headlocks they can be.
0: Chasm's a brilliant second there. Just, just don't touch him. T- leave that combination of Marrow and Chessum. Just leave it.
1: I'm sorry, what's, what's this? An argument about a second row shouldn't be played on the blind side? I, I, I don't have an issue with, with
0: most. I don't have an issue with most. It's this particular one. I, you know. I don't want to stand there for England players. Those two are a particularly good combination. Leave them be. Leave them. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Joe Hawkins or whoever, Reese Carey or... Who else was I thinking would be a good 12 the other day? I, I, I decided I started going through a team of like players playing out of position and I got in my head that Elliot D would make a banging scrum up just because
1: he's got the faft clerk spin. Before every scrum, you would just be doing it. And you start off. Wrong. We all know if we're gonna pick someone in the pack to play scrum half, it's Ellis Jenkins. Having done it in a European Cup semi-final. About that, yeah. yeah. Um for the record, um that's it. I said I know there's been a bit of chat on the rap chat about potentially moving George North into twelve, which actually I think could be interesting. But more to yeah. be honest, I think I think George North needs to come in more. To, going back to Wales chat now, I'm so sorry, but uh, I think George North coming in on first first or second phase, then that 12 channel. Because if you looked a lot of the time when we were trying to use George North, we were clearly going to use George North as crash but it has to go through Tompkins' hands because they're standing 12 13. And I going to work this out, so they rush up on the outside of Tompkins, so he's got to be the one who crashes up. And funny enough. As much like Nick Tompkins, he's a lot easier to tackle than George North.
0: I, I just don't understand why they haven't told him, just do what Manu Tutelani does and come on a sharp angle at, from 13 to in. That was, that. Was, it was so, you know, it was so successful for Manu. And okay, is anyone as physically imposing as Manu? Perhaps not, but George is as,
1: pretty well, close nephew. Seems, um Well, his pretty handy.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, although a lot slower and and about half as many young lungs. But the, 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 I just don't understand why you don't do that. A George sharp angle from 13 on, on running at your fly half slash 10, nine, 10, seven off the back of a line out. Um, defensive, yeah, structure, that's yeah. tail gunner structure. That's, that's exactly where you want him. He's got pace, he's got power. He's, you need to get more than just an arm on him to tackle him, so good luck you know, I've, we've seen it we, he's done it, weirdly, he's done it more when he was a winger than he does it as a centre I just don't quite get that but, anyway I Especially it when was,
1: it was all about getting his hands on the ball more
0: Yeah he, I, I've I, it's, it's because George as a, as a ball carrying threat, this Six Nation has been brilliant when he's had the ball, he just hasn't had the ball enough and that's why people are then saying twelve. But I think we the, the the flip side of that I would say is I thought George defensively on the weekend was superb in the thirteen channel. I thought he was brilliant. Um, and, Don't let Lee uh, hear you say that. He'll start going on another rant. Yeah, I know he would. But I thought there were a lot of okay. Maybe you could maybe argue that he was making a lot more last ditch tackles than he should have been. But he was making them, and he's consistently made them. So. I don't know, I, I, I personally would leave him at
1: 13, Um, but yeah. give him the ball more. Yeah. I mean, let's be fair, the whole idea of him being moved from wing to 13 was give him the ball more. If anything, it seems to have happened less. Yeah, you know, Because, you know, it's about how you set up your attacking structure for certain players to come in. Like, yeah. it's very rare you see a team which are actually 10, you know, 10, 12, 13. Yeah. You, know, the, you know, if you look at like the Hugh-Pilotti triangle, you know, it's always... Select variation you move through because you know you want to try and get your ten out, ten out further. Anyway, again,
0: sorry. The the other thing to mention obviously is France next week. You know they're probably going to play Ramos at ten, who is sometimes fallible defensively as great a player as he is. You're probably going to have Mofana at twelve, who is a you know he's a good twelve, but he's not as defensively solid as a Dante. So you want him tackling. You want him running into that child, surely. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah,
1: anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I go, yeah, I agree. It's going to be a... oh I, I,
0: one other point. We, we might... One other point of the Six Nations, sorry. Dante's Red is a Red. I've seen people talking about it as not being...
1: I wasn't kid. going to mention it. That's how oh, much it. of a Red I've... I've not seen anyone question that, to be honest. So I I'm have.
0: Gonna... I, in fairness, I think he was a New Zealand fan and I think it was harking back to the World Cup final and Polisi, but it was definitely a Red.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All <laughs> right. So, I said I think we've covered pretty much everything. Um. So we're playing Leinster at seven thirty-five p.m. on Saturday. Uh. So it, we're currently do so Cardiff. Well, we're not, not we, but Cardiff. We're currently doing a uh, huge promotion. So student prices. So I think you buy a ticket. It's a reduced ticket and a drink, and a free drink on entry. I think it's a great idea. It's an obvious idea. Saturday night get get people into town. Yeah, and you know the point let's make the hue is it's it's great that they're trying to market different things. You know, so when it's like an afternoon game, it, it's more family, and then for the evening games, are going for the more sort of the string and you know people going out. Because as I said you're not going to have the same like if you sell if you're going to try and sell out cap. For all the variety of games we've got, there are two things we can do: we can either moan constantly about the time all the games are. Or we can try and cater each game to different markets, and then the diehards will come regardless.
0: Hmm. Thoughts? yeah, no, it's, you know it's it's just it's good to find different ways to market, and I think the marketing from um, the team has been brilliant this season. Whether it be marketing the team, whether it be marketing the games, you know the the Harlequins and Bath games in particular come to mind how well that was marketed, how well. How well the team, uh, how well they've kept a positive atmosphere around the team. I really like that they've got so much content coming out with, um, you know, whether it be re-signings, whether it be the content of videos of Matt Sherrett. You know, you compare that to Scarlett, you very rarely see video content of Dwayne Peel. You very rarely see video content of Di Flanagan on on the socials compared to Cardiff. And it's really good to see. Um, I think they've done a really great job this season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And what's it? I think someone was saying that it's um. I was talk I think at the CF ten Q and A with um David Allen, who I'll get onto in a second. Um, he was, you know, they're saying like they've got one person who's doing it part time, and uh, I was listen to the Scarlet's Weaver Pod. They're saying that apparently they've got three people doing their social media stuff, and they want, and that's only half capacity. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that one there
0: i i will refrain from commenting um I don't know necessarily i i I do know the team at Cardiff, and um they've been doing a really good job, so
1: I think Cardiff have been doing a fantastic job, but yeah, I, from what I've heard, apparently, it's not I said, they're, uh, they're saying that you know it's not it's not as full time as they would like it to be, and they're still doing a hell of a job, so yeah you, you know the, still... the media team are doing well, and Dave Lewis and Mike um yeah, to baseman. I mean, The one thing I would do, I do like the jockey um, post match clips and stuff like that. I would quite like the full one with the questions because sometimes it, you've got to try and guess what the question was if they don't write it up on the subtitles. I, but, I, but I, I,
0: I, I That's a, I, I, that's,
1: a, that's a that's a niggly me thing. I'm not going to moan because I still think any content is better than no content.
0: Yeah, I I can easily explain that one, and that is that the questions will have not have been asked by a member of, of Cardiff's staff. So, therefore, that's why you have questions removed. They will be asked generally by probably Johan Dyer, to be fair to him, and shout out to Johan Dyer for turning to turn a- up to every single Welsh regional game, but also maybe a BBC or a Simon Thomas will be there, and maybe that's why the questions haven't been included.
1: I mean, even if it was just what the question was, just make sure it's always on there on the bottom. That would just be helpful, because sometimes it... Because, obviously, they, if, to try it into a Twitter video, they've condensed it quite a bit. So sometimes it feels like you know, it's almost like you can see the cut and then it's like he's you know, mad and gone off on a random topic, you know. Yeah, you know, as if I'm I'm doing the preface conference or something. But in, I said, Oh yeah, I can't fault their content. and I love the way they're trying to keep keep filling up filling up this thing. I mean, I've got a feeling this isn't gonna be a sellout. No.
0: Probably. But to say
1: that but they I mean I did see the their the Twitter accounts back down someone who was moaning. I say, well, don't you ask, you know, because I think Rugby Inside Line said, oh, you know, premiership clubs, you should be trying these these for, like, when you've got hard-to-fill fixtures.
0: And
1: mm. you sort of said, oh, you know, ask them how many times they've used, you know, they've worked, you know, to get, what, maybe 10, 10 15 tickets. And they go, oh, and the kind of point, you know, this is still quite early on, which went, oh, we're already mid-triple figures. So, I mean, it works. Mm. You'd be amazed. You'd be amazed what you'll do as a student for for a free drink. No matter how much you pay, if it's a free drink, you'll do it. Yeah, let's not go down that rabbit hole. I feel that
0: could be a very different podcast.
1: <laughs> that, that's that's a whole different Twitter poll. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, I think we've covered pretty much everything for today. I would. I would uh, I would be I would push us ahead to you know allow the Ospreys to start recording, but by their own admission, they are a shambles of a podcast at the moment. That is James's words and not mine. Basically because they said they start rambling about good players and stuff for half an hour because during the Wales weeks they've just not really bothered. But to be fair, hilarious listening. So as it last week's one on um, well was it the Rainbow Cup game between Cardiff and the Ospreys? And I forgot some of those people, the, some of the people on the Cardiff team even played for us. That's how <laughs> a team it was. I think it was, the, it was a, speak because it's quite to Is that, I think it was the first game of, um, it was the first game we had Owen Lane at 13. There we go. That's a nice little, uh, <laughs> <that's> a bit, <laughs> a nice little. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird, weird, spigly circle. Like a comedic show, Al Murray would be proud of that. Anyway, so um once again, please remember to like, subscribe, give a comment. Thank you very much for Tony for um giving it, giving us um, some feedback on the on the on the Twitterers. Uh I won't go into what, what, what was said because I don't know if he was particularly happy with whether or not he'd be happy with us posting it publicly or not. So uh, we'll just say leave it at thank you very much. It it is appreciated. We do take take it on board. And um yeah, please give drop us a like, subscribe. Uh so thank you, Carmen. Thank you. Uh, thank, you for listening.
0: thank you for listening to the Cardiff Central Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to us, as it really helps spread the word. You can find us on all the usual social media channels or email us on Welsh Regional rugby pod at gmail.com. And remember, whatever they question is. Rugby is always the answer. Sports Social Podcast Network.